Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. While the headlines over the past few months have indicated that businesses across all sectors are encountering significant challenges in securing the requisite talent for their business. Are these headlines accurate? Well, John Galvin from the Manpower Group joins us now to tell us more. John, we're hearing that there are widespread talent shortages in Ireland at present. Is this something that is prevalent in the Manpower Group's recent survey findings? Yes, we are indeed, Carl. It, it, it is, is a challenge. I think the economy has um, you know, certainly never been as buoyant in the last 18 months. And, and in certain areas, it's getting back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, so great that there's optimism uh, within the business sector across the board. The talent shortages that we're seeing, you know, they're across the board at the moment. So organisations are you know, exploring ways that they need to engage with people as they move into the end of this year and indeed early 2022. Well, I suppose one point, John, that has to be made is that in the world before COVID, employers probably wouldn't have been so open to employing remote workers in different parts of the world as they are today. So in that respect, is there a little bit of an opportunity here as well for the likes of Manpower to tap into an international talent pool to be able to satisfy its clients' needs here in Ireland? Well, it's certainly changing now compared to over the last 18 months. And, and the reason why I say that is because um, there's obviously been travel restrictions in place. And in the past where we've been able to attract talent into the Irish market, we haven't seen that migration of talent over the last 18 months. Um, the other thing that we're very aware of is uh, as we've surveyed organisations to determine you know, whether they're struggling or not, um, almost two-thirds of organisations are reporting that they're, they're struggling to find the talent that they need. Now, that's across um, all sectors in Ireland, but the manufacturing and the logistics sectors are two of the sectors that uh, stand out most, with over 70% are saying that they're struggling to identify talent. And if we compare that to the, the European or the global picture, it's very similar. So we see organisations across Europe and beyond are reporting the similar challenges in identifying and bringing in talent to their businesses. So in the past, we've been able to attract talent into Ireland, but now we're very much competing with, it, with those organisations. Um, if we specifically look at maybe trying to identify people that can work remotely and maybe work remotely from outside of Ireland, we have seen a lot of challenges in relation to that be that in terms of employment legislation or tax, creating certain restrictions. So companies have to be a little bit more creative about how they identify and bring talent into their businesses at the moment. Now, of course, John, there is lots of media coverage around the skills shortage in the hospitality sector, but what are the other main sectors that are feeling the pinch right now? Yeah, sure. Like it, it is indeed across every sector. Um, you know, we, we, we've identified manufacturing as the sector that, that faces the greatest challenge um, with you know almost 72-73% of employers saying that they're really struggling to find the talent um, that they need but you know that goes across finance, logistics, you know the financial services sector so you know that talent shortage is really across the board and um, you know it, it, it's obviously making the headlines from the hospitality sector as that uh, specific sector opens up um, but indeed, the challenges are across all other sectors at the moment. 
And in terms of the types of companies returning to growth as we emerge from the COVID pandemic, what size companies are hiring at the moment? Are they SMEs or are they multinationals? And are there any regional variances that you're seeing? Sure. Well, you know, the great news for, I guess, for the economy is that um, things have never been as buoyant. And and if we look specifically at some of the, the regional results from our survey, uh, in the Munster region, where the net employment outlook is 44%, that's the most optimistic hiring intentions uh, we've seen in Munster since we started conducting this survey 17 years ago. And indeed, Munster was the most optimistic. But indeed, all other regions are reporting positive hire intentions. Uh, if we look at how it varies across different company sizes, um, it's similar trends. All organisations are reporting optimism in terms of uh, recruitment activity over the next uh, quarter. Um, Larger organisations are reporting um, more or greater hiring intentions with with an outlook of 39% versus smaller companies of 21%. Um, But but regardless of company size, if we look at the the, the struggle of identifying talent, that's is across the board regardless of the size of the organization as well you know it's often there's a perception that larger companies are typically able to attract and um, the talent that they need but our reports show that larger organizations are indeed struggling to find talent more so than some of the small and medium businesses And of course, you would have seen the media coverage in the US about what they're dubbing as the great resignation. SME businesses across the US are seeing resignations in their businesses like they've never seen them before. There is a concern that something likewise could start to happen here. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I think, you know, there there is a concern within the Irish marketplace as well that the business will start to see that too. And um, you know, there has been some local reports of, you know, resignations increasing over the last couple of months. And I think there's there's various different reasons for that. I guess the, the, the more commonly reported ones are associated with flexibility um, with companies now starting to ask some of their workforce to return to the office. Uh, and whilst, you know, some people are embracing that, for a lot of people, you know, they don't want to get back into that daily routine of, of commuting in and out of the office and where they're being asked to do so. Um, they're certainly exploring alternative options and in many cases that has led to resignations. I would assume at this stage that flexible working is a necessity. However, is career path still one of the most important aspects that any employer can navigate and outline to any employee? I think it, it, it's certainly one of the most important things. And, and maybe if we very touch on the flexibility of organisations, you know, organisations have to ensure where possible they offer that flexibility. But of course, there's certain um, sectors that can't do so. So, for example, you know, manufacturing and logistics, where we see, you know, that talent shortage being great, greatest, that's where individuals have to go to a place of work. And that in itself can create a challenge for certain sectors because they can't be as flexible. But that's where they need to explore other incentives. And I think career progression and career paths is certainly an option and where organisations can put incentives and programmes in place to develop people 
that really does support which um, retention. And John, is it true to say that the day is gone where employers can sit back and wait for somebody to come to them and say they're thinking about leaving or they are leaving because they've got a job that offers them flexibility or offers them more money, that the employers today have to be far more proactive? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, with, with the, the findings from from this report, um, with the uh, hiring intentions never being as great over the last 15 years and the talent shortage uh, being as high as ever we've seen it in 17 years, you know, if if people aren't actively looking, they are potentially going to be getting contacted about new opportunities. And it's really important that uh, employers are proactive in developing their retention strategies. I think in order to do so, they need to know um, their current workforce. So they need to be speaking with their current workforce about what is important to them because it's all well and good putting incentive programs in place for individuals. But if it's not what's going to keep them within the organisation, then in a way it can be a little bit pointless. So you need to know your workforce and you need to develop a retention strategy and program that supports those individuals within your organisation. Personal development is important to employees as well. And in terms of the concept of upskilling and retraining staff to advance their careers and hopefully stay with businesses for longer periods of time, what are you seeing as the main barriers to upskilling? And why don't companies embrace this concept in a more meaningful and strategic way? Yes, Carl, it's really interesting because, you know, our findings certainly indicate that, you know, a lot of companies, almost half companies that we surveyed, um, are investing in training and development. And we do see that that has a positive impact on retention and developing, obviously, talent within your organisation. Having said that, you know, almost half organisations aren't doing anything from a training and development perspective. And the biggest barriers that we hear is, you know, the main one is money. And, and whilst that's not surprising, um, I guess the surprising finding from, from our data is that it's only 22% of companies are indicating that it's money. You know, 78% of businesses are saying it's something other than money that's preventing them from implementing some of these upskilling and development programs. Uh, as an example, you know, time is one, you know, nearly one in every five companies we talk to, they said that it's time. And those that are responsible for, for developing people within the business and bringing in talent need to take a step back and ensure that, you know, the time that they can invest into putting an effective program in place, you know, will return itself multiple times in the future. Some of the other concerns we've seen is around, you know, leadership commitment um, to a training programme or lack of understanding of upskilling needs within our HR. So again, those people within the business um, that are really demanding getting people into the organisation, they need to bring it, be bringing it to the attention of their leadership. For our audience out there listening in this morning that are looking for new employment or thinking of changing roles, what are you seeing at the moment in the recruitment sector and what advice would you give them as they set about their journey? Yes, I think now so, more than ever, um, people who are looking for a new role probably have greater choice than they have done uh, over the last number of years. So I think it's important that um, people are take the time to be clear on what they actually want to get out of a new role whatever that may be, you know, what are the drivers for, for the new role they're looking for? And that can vary, you know, maybe you're changing role, you want a part-time role, or, you know, you're being asked to go back into a workplace that you, you're not comfortable doing, you want a re- remote position. So I, I think, number one, 
be sure what you want. Um, and secondly, you know, explore all options. Right now, we know that people are being contacted about positions. So maybe it's important to not just take the first position that's been offered to you, but be, be mindful of, you know, there's probably more options out there that, than ever before. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was John Galvin from the Manpower Group. And I'd like to thank John for sharing his insights into the job market with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.